Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Pirelli tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in Tuesday edition. I hope all of you are having a fantastic start to your Tuesday. I was out yesterday. My thanks to the crew, Jonas Knox, I believe, and Jeff Schwartz who set in. Why was I out? Well, I was out because I was at WrestleMania. Second day, they did a Saturday WrestleMania and a Sunday WrestleMania. And it was really cool. I was down near the ring, right by the ramp where everybody walked in. Uh, I was with my wife who uh, is a big, long-time WWE fan. She was actually wearing her Ricky the Dragon steamboat shirt. And uh, she went to WrestleMania three. my wife did, in Detroit, the Pontiac Silverdome, back when Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant were wrestling. 90-some-odd thousand people were there for WrestleMania three, And it was an event, and you may remember that yourself, or... You may have gone back and watched some of those old school wrestling matches when those guys were such iconic figures. Hulk Hogan was there, which was cool to see him. We had a good time in Tampa. The weather held off in the evening, uh, and it was a uh, pretty fantastic time. So uh, that's where I was on Monday, uh, traveling back from Tampa. I'm now back in the uh, back in the seat here, and uh, we are ready to roll. I will say sitting ringside for WrestleMania, the athleticism of the wrestlers is pretty impressive to be able to see up close like that. And I've never sat ringside for a big boxing match or a big UFC event. And that makes me want to go to a big boxing, ba- big, big boxing match or a big UFC event 
and be able to sit down close and see it face-to-face as opposed to seeing it through television. There's just something about being able to appreciate the athleticism better to me if you are watching it in person as opposed to watching it on television. The guys uh, are bigger, faster, and stronger. Same thing, by the way, for football. If you ever get a chance to watch a major college football game or an NFL game, down really close where you can get a sense for the size and the speed of the guys on the field it's uh it's definitely a unique experience so even something simple like seeing somebody climb to the top of the ropes when you're sitting down ground level and can look up and see how high those guys are on the ropes pretty cool so it was an awesome experience so that was a lot of fun Thanks to uh, the president of WWE, Nick Khan, for bringing my wife and I down and, uh, and hosting us. We had a phenomenal time there uh, hanging out with him. So, bunch of different things that are going on in the world, but I'll react a little bit to the Masters because I wasn't on Monday to react to it. And, Dub, I don't know how your gambling bets went with the Masters, but it was a mess for me because I had Xander Shuffley and and whose name I'm probably messing up, but I had him at a big payday, and he completely fell apart at 16. And truth be told, this was not a very interesting Sunday at the Masters. And even Saturday, you had the rain delay. But Sunday, there was about 20 minutes of drama when Hideki Matsuyama put the ball into uh, – he, he put it in the water. I think it was on 15. And then uh, Xander cut it to two shots – and he had the opening tee shot on 16 to really put, I think, a lot of pressure on Matsuyama, maybe enough that if he had hit a good shot on 16, I think he may have won the tournament. Instead, he put it in the water, which almost no one does at 16, right? That's not a really greatly difficult tee shot. Now, sometimes you're not close enough to uh, to the pin. You have to, you know, two or three putt, which is what Matsuyama did. So that can be a challenge. But Xander Shuffley, I think he had not had a triple bogey in like a thousand holes of major action so far. He puts it in the water and then he comes back on his drop and hits it into the, the gallery behind the hole which is also uh, another awful shot. So he went back-to-back, triple bogeys, and Matsuyama, as a result, can really coast his way into uh, winning the green jacket. And then, by the way, credit to Matsuyama. I saw some of these pictures out on Monday. Uh, He is just sitting in the normal seats outside of a gate in Atlanta uh, with his green jacket and the couple of guys that he's traveling with not flying private, not even sitting in a private area of the Atlanta airport. He's just chilling in the uh, in the terminal. Totally regular dude who happens to have a green jacket and have won the biggest golf honor in Japan, which is a golf-mad country in uh, that country's history. So would you agree with me, Dub, as a diehard Masters fan that Sunday, other than about 20 minutes where you started to think, hey, maybe Matsuyama's going to crumble a little bit down the stretch starting at 15, but then Xander Shuffley wasn't even able to keep the pressure on him because he immediately dunked it. Yeah, it was pretty much a total snooze fest on Sunday, which, you know, not every Masters can be 2019. You know, not every single one is going to be an all-time great. But I had some money on Will Zalatoris, and then my big bet of the week was John Rahm to finish in the top 10. So he went out 
and shot a 66 on Sunday, which kind of saved me there. Yeah. But speaking on Xander Schauffele, he had seven birdies on Sunday, and yeah. Matsuyama shot one over. If you would have known that information before the round started, I think there would have been a lot of people that would have had some money on Xander. Do you think that's win. a choke job on 16 when he put it in the water? Is it fair to say that that's a choke? Well, I was listening to him talk to the media after his round, and he said that he hit the exact shot that he wanted to, but him and his caddy just misjudged the wind. Yeah. He said he thought the wind was helping, but it was actually hurting. So he said he hit a perfect shot, but they just miscalculated before the shot. So, And well, then he followed it up with a pretty bad shot right. from the drop zone, too. But not only 16, but in the middle of his front nine, he bogeyed three, he bogeyed four, then he double bogeyed five. So he had yep. two separate occasions where he really gave up some shots there. But, you know, congrats to Hideki Matsuyama. And those pictures that you're talking about of him at the airport yesterday were fantastic. Those were really cool to see. It's also interesting, by the way, and I want to mention this, because there's a lot of talk about cancel culture in the world of sports. And certainly we saw it with Rob Manfred pulling the All-Star game out of Atlanta. And by the way, Braves fans just indignant now because not only did the All-Star game get pulled out of Atlanta, but that crazy call on Sunday uh, which I can react to, I guess, now, even though it's Tuesday, where they looked at it on instant replay. And still, if you haven't watched this, I mean, it's worth going back. And I think it's one of the flaws of instant replay. I don't understand how you can have instant replay and still get something wrong like this. But I do think this is great evidence for anybody out there who's listening and they're worried about people being mad at them on social media or what's the reaction going to be. Once the Masters started play on Thursday... Nobody talked about the idea of canceling the Masters anymore. And it was a ridiculous boycotting the Masters, whatever you want to call it. It was a ridiculous idea in the first place. Even some people said you need to relocate the Masters, which I said is basically like saying, hey, you need to relocate the University of Georgia. The Masters exist in Augusta. You either play it there or you don't play it at all. But once you started and you teed off, Nobody talked about the idea of canceling the, the golf course or the golf competition anymore. And I think there's so much fear and so much trepidation out there in the marketplace in general that people overreact. And I think that's what happened, frankly, with Rob Manfred when he pulled the Major League Baseball All-Star game. I was reading over the weekend, the Washington Post uh, had a big article up that I was catching up on. And they said, hey, the the new Georgia voting bill actually isn't going to restrict voting access at all. In fact, there may be more people voting in Georgia in the wake of this new bill because they expanded early voting and other aspects. And so we are so quick to be captured by whatever viral outrage there is, oftentimes in the world of sports, before people ever actually do any research about it. And to me, this was an interesting angle, was once they teed off, there was all this talk. Even the president got asked about it. What should be going on at Augusta? Once they teed off, the story disappeared. Now, I'm bringing it back up right now just as evidence that once you get to the sporting event itself, all of the other discussion is noise and it vanishes. And so I actually think a lot of these sports leagues should do less as opposed to doing more. Because once the games themselves start, that's what becomes the discussion point. What happened? Was Xander Shuffley, did he choke at 16 uh, with the shot that he put in the water? Would Hideki Matsuyama have won 
if Xander Shuffley had been able to keep the overall pressure up on him, those become the talking points. Even Justin Rose and how hot of a uh, out of the gate he came out on that opening Thursday. These are all of the things that fans talk about. And the idea of boycotting or canceling or anything else, the story just vanishes. And I don't know about UW. You basically watched every minute. Once they actually teed off at the Masters, did you hear anything more about the idea of canceling or boycotting, or was it all about golf? Yeah, it was pretty much just golf, 100%. No more talks of the boycott, no more talks of anything of that nature. And so I think that's indicative of, for sports leagues and athletes and, and owners and uh, teams and all these different people affiliated with sports, there's a lot of noise. But most of the time, if you ignore the noise and just focus on your craft, your sport itself, the noise disappears. And you don't have to embolden or respond to people who are making outlandish claims. And I think it's an instructive uh, example of what happened in the world of the uh, of the golf compared to Major League Baseball. And Rob Manfred, by the way, has still not canceled his master's membership. So, so much of these cancel culture decisions are total BS when they're actually broken down, right? Like, there isn't any tangible evidence of, uh, of any real outlandish protest. And, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about this. So, old school, I worked on Capitol Hill um, back during the Bill Clinton impeachment trial. And I was the lowest man on the totem pole. I was in college at the time. And I was in charge of stacking all the responses, pro and con, for whether Bill Clinton should be impeached. And one of the things that they found out with the way that people would send mail in Congress was they would get a lot of different people to sign on, and they might send you 1,000 or 10,000 or 5,000 or whatever it was, pieces of mail, but they were all identical, and they just had a different name on them. And it was because these groups, which were perpetually outraged, would try to convince you that way more people cared about a particular side of an issue than really did by sort of these mass mail drops that they would bring to bear on contentious issues. And I remember literally ground uh, bottom level uh, in a con- congressman's office sitting there and opening all of these different uh, these different opinions. And what it was was manufactured outrage. People really weren't as angry as these letters would have you believe. And I think that's transferred from loading down congressmen's offices with negative uh, opinions or positive opinions of any bill that aren't really representative but are designed to make you think that this is a big deal. That's social media every day. A lot of these companies basically have rigged bots. And so there, it looks like a thousand people really care about something. And it might be 20 people that have all these different fake accounts constantly peppering you from those fake accounts. And one of the things that I've even noticed on OutKick, uh, as you know, when I dive in and read mentions every now and then, I'll block somebody because it's like just hyper negative or whatever. And I don't do it very often. I mean, we've got, I don't know, 800,000 people probably who follow us, uh, 900, maybe a million people who follow us on uh, on social media. And I bet we've blocked 
five or 600 people total. But what's interesting is when somebody gets blocked, that person almost always has a series of anonymous accounts that are all linked. In other words, they have like a bunch of different burner accounts to try to make whatever they're arguing look more substantial than it actually is. And so one of the lessons that I would take away from Hideki Matsuyama's win at the Masters is all of this outrage, this cancel culture, this boycott universe vanishes if you can hold out and actually get to the point of the actual uh, athletic event itself beginning as opposed to allowing yourself to be overtaken by all that anger and vitriol and everything else. I think it's just a good lesson. And I think it's a good lesson for a lot of you out there too, regardless, because as a guy who's found himself in the center of a lot of media hurricanes over the years, I can tell you almost every story vanishes after 24 hours. People are outraged. They take their pound of flesh. They're so mad. And then they move on to something else. And I think that's what we saw with the Masters. And I think it's what we would have seen with the All-Star game if Rob Manfred hadn't blown it if he had kept the All-Star game in Atlanta. Uh, All right, when we come back, we're going to be joined by my buddy uh, Chad Withrow at OutKick360. Also, let me give you a roadmap of where we're headed. Uh, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle is scheduled to join us in the second hour. We'll talk NFL and obviously Deshaun Watson with him as he covers the Houston Texans. And then Petros Papadek is scheduled to join us in the third hour. This is OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on!
This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Goodyear tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their goodyear test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be we are joined now by John McClain. He's been at the Houston Chronicle for 45 years, and I bet he never foresaw, even in his wildest dreams, certainly prior to Scott Drew being hired, that the Baylor men's basketball program would become national champions. John, I believe you're in the Baylor Sports Hall of Fame there. Probably going to have some Baylor Bears on that basketball team that eventually join you if they're not already in that Hall of Fame. Uh, what did it mean for Baylor to win a national championship in basketball? How much enjoyment did you get out of it? Clay, as you can imagine, I spent last week on cloud nine, as did every Baylor alum, and I never thought Baylor would ever return to prominence after the scandal they had in which uh, Carlton Dodson, a player, killed another one, Brian Denny, and went to prison. And I thought they were going to fold the program. And then they, they hired this kid that looked like he's about 15 years old, named Scott Drew. I knew about his dad, Homer. Didn't know anything about him. I thought he'd be there two or three years, get fired. He lasted 18 years. And you talk about good timing. Baylor is going to build a new arena. And they have the plans, and they're just deciding where. And they've raised a lot of money, but they need some more money. And when you win a national championship, those alums are just going to write checks. And I've been proposing on my two weekly shows in Waco that they build a statue. Two, two statues, one to Scott Drew for his national championship, and another one to the women's coach, Kim Mulkey, who's won three national championships. So the timing was great for recruiting, and the timing was great for a new building. I imagine for people out there who don't know how low the Baylor men's basketball program got, we talked about this a lot on the show last week. We're talking about as bad of a scandal as can possibly exist when Scott Drew took over that program. But even before then, John, I think almost in your entire lifetime prior to Scott Drew, the program had been to the NCAA tournament maybe once in 1988. Uh, So what he has accomplished is not just incredible and impressive relative to any championship uh, that, that gets won in college basketball, but one of the most impressive rebuilding jobs we've ever seen uh, leading to a national championship. 
when I was eight years old and I was a Cub Scout, I went to my first Baylor football and basketball game, and I was sold on Baylor. I was a big fan. And later we moved one block from the Heart of Texas Coliseum where the men played, and I just walked to games. So I went to games when I was growing up a lot, and they never won the Southwest Conference. The best they could do was finish second, so they never got a chance back then to go to the tournament. And their greatest player in school history, Vinny Johnson, who went on to be the microwave. Oh, yeah. The Motor, Motor City Bad Boys went back-to-back NBA titles. And then they finally started getting a few NBA players, and it was fun to watch them. But then that program under Dave Bliss, I remember when he beat Kansas for the first time and the students stormed the court. I was watching on TV and thought, man, it'll never get much better than this. And when the, then the program went straight down the toilet. And uh, Bliss, of course, was was uh, just ridiculed across the country. He was fired. I noticed before that game he'd been coaching high schools in Las Vegas and had retired near San Antonio to be close to his grandkids. But, I, you know, you don't see how many times you see one player murder another one and go to prison. You just don't. It's unheard of. So it was, when Scott Drew came in, they couldn't play non-conference games. And they had severe scholarship limitations. And Drew put out a call for walk-ons. And he said, we're not just looking for walk-ons to fill up the end of the bench. If you come here as a walk-on and you're good, you got a chance to play at a major college program. And I think the first year you won four games. And if you throw away the first three years of Drew's career when he had severe restrictions, he's averaged 20-something victories a year since. And, and it wasn't until last year, Clay, when they won 22 in a row and they spent like 12 weeks at number one. And so all Baylor fans got fired up. Baylor's going to the Final Four for the first time since 1950. When you won one game, you were automatically in the last four. And it wasn't called the Final Four. They played their championship game in 48 against Adolph Rupp's Kentucky team and got beat. But uh, last year, people thought they had a good chance. And then, of course, they didn't have the tournament because of COVID-19. They thought the guards were going to leave and go to the NBA. They all tested to check to see where they were going to be drafted. And they were told second round or they wouldn't be drafted. So the three of them, Jared Butler, uh, Davion Mitchell, and Maisie O.T. decided to come back. And it worked out great because they won a national championship. And Butler and Mitchell could return again. They won't because both are going to be first-round picks, and Mitchell's being projected as a lottery pick. So everybody wishes them the very best, because even though a lot of players before them helped turn around the program, you know, which was on death's door, helped them climb out of the grave, so to speak, it was these guys that actually will won a championship, and that may be the last one they win forever, and they will, they will never have to drive by a dinner in Waco. There's no doubt we're talking to proud alum of the Baylor uh, men's basketball uh, success here, but a proud alum of Baylor University, John McClain. He has been covering the NFL for 45 years with the Houston Chronicle. So I want to go into the draft, John. And one of the things that's interesting about sports gambling being legalized is you can start to see the money being wagered and get a pretty good sense of where guys are going. And so right now, Trevor Lawrence to the Jags, basically a foregone conclusion, but it also seems like Zach Wilson to the Jets. And now Mac Jones to the 49ers has become a big favorite to uh, to be their pick with number three uh, overall selection. 
Would that surprise you if Mac Jones ends up the 49ers quarterback? I imagine you're, like most people, pretty sold on Trevor Lawrence to the Jags and Zach Wilson to the Jets. Absolutely, Clay. As far as three, think about this. Kyle Shanahan's not stupid. Why is he going to tell his buddy Chris Sims uh, who he's going to draft? Because Chris Sims is the first one that started predicting Mac Jones. And then... Um, and then people say, oh, well, he didn't go to Ohio State's pro day. He went to Alabama's pro day. Well, you can go to the second Ohio State pro day with Justin Fields, or you can watch all the video. You don't need to be there. So I don't think they're going to give it away because obviously they have more than one choice. What I'd be curious, do they try to trade up a spot with the Jets? Jets are just loaded for the next two years. Would they be interested in moving up for Zach Wilson? Are they really satisfied with one of the other guys that they know they can get and I think it's very intriguing whatever we pick in our mock draft all it takes is Kyle Shanahan to surprise us and there goes most of the top part of the first round screws up everything what if he took Kyle Pitts Pitts is usually behind Trevor Lawrence he is the second highest rated player it's just a matter who's going to take him but five quarterbacks should go in the top 10 and I'm wondering Clay if one of these others, like Kellen Mond at Texas A&M, Kyle Trask of Florida, if one of them slips into the bottom of the first round for a team that, say, trades back in like Baltimore did with Lamar Jackson or somebody down there that has an older quarterback uh, or Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh needs a quarterback. Would they trade back into the first round to get one? But I'm not so sure that it's just going to be five going into the first round because so many teams are still desperate. You mentioned Kyle Pitts. Last week on the show, I started polling people, hey, anything can happen with first-round picks. Uh, Look at what happened with Isaiah Wilson, Tennessee Titans' first-round pick last year, one of the biggest busts so far in NFL history. If I had to pick one player that I'm convinced will be really good for the next six to eight years, I think it would be Kyle Pitts. Doesn't mean he couldn't get hurt. Doesn't mean it's an inexact science, as you will hear said a uh, gob of times between now and a couple of weeks from now when the draft actually takes place. But is Kyle Pitts to you the biggest can't-miss guy given that quarterbacks swing and miss with him all the time? Does Kyle Pitts' speed, strength, catchability, catch radius, the production that we saw from him uh, in the SEC, is he a guy that's going to step in and maybe be the most reliable of anybody taken in the top of the draft? He is certainly not a tight end. He's not a blocker. But like you just mentioned, all those things he can do, he can line up outside. He can line up in the slot. He could line up on the line of scrimmage. He can grow in motion. He can, because of that size advantage in his hands and the toughness and the, and the strength of his hands, he can go up. He's going to be a monster for defensive backs. I feel sorry every year for defensive backs. Most of them still aren't six foot. And yet they don't get taller but the receivers just keep getting taller and taller. And I don't know why. One time years ago, Bill Parcells told me because all of the corners are playing point guard in the NBA. It's easier to go in the NBA and play point guard when you're six foot than it is uh, to play to play corner against these receivers that just keep getting larger. And Pitts, man, he's just loaded with ability. He did it in the best conference. And now he goes to a team with a good quarterback who knows how to utilize him, like, say, the Patriots did with Rob Gronkowski because they lined him up all over the field. He, You know, he could play 10 years. He could play more. 
We're talking to John McClain. Encourage you to go follow him at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. Go read him at the Houston Chronicle. That that if we're correct that quarterbacks are going one, two, and three, and right now the odds makers would tell us it's Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, one, two, three. The Falcons are sitting at four. You know Arthur Smith a little bit. Do you believe that he is a believer in uh, Matt Ryan, or do you think he would like to get a younger quarterback? In other words, we were just talking about Kyle Pitts. Is he looking for a weapon to pair with uh, with Matt Ryan and certainly Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley in terms of what they already have on the offensive side, or do you think he wants a fresh start? What's his anticipation uh, in your mind as he looks at that Falcons roster? Clay, they got receivers. And I don't care how good Pitts, Jamar Chase, James Mondell, and Devontae Smith, those guys are great prospects, but they got receivers. Unless they were thinking, okay, next year we're going to cut ties with Julio Jones because he's too expensive. They redid Matt Ryan's contract. He's 36 years old. He can still play. One thing that Fontenot and Smith and Rich McKay and Arthur Blank have to be thinking, we're not picking up here anymore. You know, this is an aberration. We're not picking number four. We're going to be a whole lot better. So this is a time where they're going to have a chance to take a highly rated quarterback. And he could sit a year or two. What if it's Trey Lance? Trey Lance played one game last year for North Dakota State. And the last time he played regularly was two years ago. So everybody thinks he's going to need the most time to develop. If they like him, take him. You know, take the quarterback because you can get everything else. You've got to have that position solidified. But remember, Arthur Smith coached tight ends for a long time with the Titans, so he loves tight ends. And you know Smith would love to get his hands on Kyle Pitts. You know, he's a, he's coached a lot of different ways with the Titans as he came up from basically an entry-level position over his 10-year career. And, yes, he ended up as a coordinator, and he coached he coached one of the most productive offenses in the league, the most balanced offense. But, man, I'll guarantee you if he could get his hands on Pitts, he'd like to do it. So Fontenot then, he comes from New Orleans. So he's got, he's, see, he's got a certain way of doing it where you don't necessarily add the best player, but he's used to picking at the bottom. And he's got to think, okay, we're not going to pick here again. So I'm, I have had in my last two mock drafts them taking a quarterback. At some point, I'm going to have them take bids. But my last one, the day before the draft, my official one, I think I'm going to go back to a quarterback unless someone can convince me differently. That would make it the first time in history we've had quarterbacks go one, two, three, four. We're talking to John McClain, Houston Chronicle. Okay, obviously you have spent an inordinate amount of time covering a story that I anticipate you never thought you would be covering, and that is Deshaun Watson and what's going to happen there. So I saw the story, I believe it came out Monday, about uh, the Houston Texans continuing to distance themselves more and more. I guess they have sort of an introductory video of some sort that they play. You, you probably can uh, understand that better or know exactly what that is. And they're not really featuring him as the face of the franchise anymore. The Texans don't have a pick in the first or the second round from a purely football perspective. What is going on? What do you think the Texans are looking towards as they start to plan for some of these mini camps and certainly for the draft in a couple of weeks? 
Clay, before Watson had those 22 lawsuits filed against him and his sponsors um, ditched him and Nike suspended him. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me what the Texans did. So you can imagine what a huge story this is in Houston. And I thought before the lawsuits, they were going to get six teams to bid for him. And so that the general manager, Nick Casario, as we got right up to the draft, would wait on the best deal. And if you think about six teams bidding for a player, and some of them have a couple of them having multiple number ones the next two years, they were open to get three ones, two twos, and a defensive starter, and they might ask for more. It never hurts to ask, right? And so now, uh, I don't know anybody that thinks they're going to be able to trade Watson before the draft. And he has said he will not come back here, will not play for this team, so I don't expect to see him any time in all-season program, whether it's virtual or they actually get on the field or in OTAs. And then when training camp's here, don't expect to see him. And so he could end up suspended. He could end up on the NFL commissioner's exemplars, which would allow him to get paid and not play until everything was sorted out. But right now, uh, they've gone from hoping to trade him to jumpstart their rebuild to everything's on hold. Every team I've talked to, somebody from that team or who covers that team has told me everybody has backed away waiting to see. Now, I believe eventually this will be behind them. You don't know how long that'll be. But when it is, somebody's going to get a great quarterback, but one whose reputation has been tarnished forever. So... That presumes, I guess, that Terod Taylor is going to be the quarterback, most likely. I think that's fair to say, on the field starting in September. What exactly do the Texans do, right? I know it's hard to tank in football, uh, but given the fact that this was a 4-12 and team last year that lost a lot of close games down the stretch, is it the smartest thing? And also, given the fact they don't have a first and a second round pick, is it on some level uh, likely in your mind that this is a bad Houston Texans team and they would theoretically be back in the top half of the first round next year with their pick? I think they get their pick back unless unless you don't have it. You can correct me if I'm wrong. And then you're going and finding a young quarterback potentially there. It's been three out of four years without a number one pick. They finally will get another one in 2022 when they have their picks in the first and second round. Now, to Rod Taylor... His last two times, he was ticketed to be the starter. Going into the 2018 season yeah. with Cleveland, he got hurt. And they had to play Baker Mayfield before he was ready. The rest is Browns history. Last year with the Chargers, Anthony Lynn, may, he is the starter. The Justin Herbert is not playing. Then he got hurt and with getting an injection after the first game. It's couldn't crazy. play. Her, Herbert got forced into the lineup, and the rest is Chargers history. So even though Taylor had four consecutive years of starting at Buffalo, including 2017 with Texans coach David Culley as his quarterback coach, you know, there's a good chance he could get hurt again. So Ryan Finley from Cincinnati has started three games in two years as a backup. So I think they will get another quarterback, and I'm glad you brought this up because Sunday I wrote a column that's on our sports website, TexasSportsNation.com, about would they take a quarterback in the third round? They have the 67th overall pick. Yeah. And a quarterback like Kellen Mond at Texas A&M or Kyle Could be there. from Florida. If those guys were rated as second-round picks by Nick Casario and he didn't have to reach to get one, and I think, yes, they could take one of those quarterbacks if they were there. 
We're talking to John McClain. Uh, John, Julian Edelman released a video on Monday announcing his retirement, saying basically he didn't have anything left in his body uh, in order to be able to still play. Is Julian Edelman, in your mind, a Hall of Fame wide receiver? When I get asked questions about players at the end of their career, Clay, I've got to, if they don't, if it's not automatic, I've got to think about it. But if I were going to put a slot receiver in the Hall of Fame, I would put Wes Welker in before Julian Edelman. Edelman made some great plays in big games, played great with Brady. Wes Welker played great with Brady. I'm not saying he's not. I would think about it a lot five years from now if I'm still on the committee because he was a really good player, at times great. But to me, you've got to be consistently great to be in Hall of Fame. Have you been back to the movie theater yet? I, I went back to see to the movie theater for the first time Sunday, and I have a movie to recommend to all your listeners. Nobody with Bob Odenkirk. It was great. It kind of reminded me of the John Wick movies, which I love. Yeah. Bob Odenkirk, who's basically a salesman, and all of a sudden the, the mob comes after him, and man, they regret it when they do. My wife and I both thought it was great. It's called Saul, Nobody. Saul Nobody. Saul Goodman, by the way, is how who Bob Odenkirk is most known for, both in the Breaking Bad series and also uh, in uh, the series where he plays uh, that same character, which I haven't watched, but I hear is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and uh, he is an incredibly talented uh, writer. What did it feel like to be back in a movie theater? There was only like five people in there. We went Sunday afternoon, and it, it felt good to go back. We wore a mask the whole time, and and uh, this theater we go to only opened a week before, and one of the guys that runs it, it's a friend of mine, he said it's slow but sure, and, and uh, it was fun to be back seeing things on the big screen, especially an action movie like this with a lot of serious, serious action, fighting, killing, car wrecks, and it was very well written, very well acted. You better call Saul. Bob Odenkirk's story <laughs> yes. and nobody. Better Call Saul is the show that's name escaped me right there. Uh, I took my kids to go see Wonder Woman uh, on the IMAX a while back, and uh, and they absolutely loved it too. So uh, it's good to be back in theaters. John McClain, I appreciate you starting off your morning with us. We'll talk to you again, I hope, sometime soon. Appreciate it, my man. Clay, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much, as always. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts 
people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Continental Tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I'm back here uh, Tuesday, as I told you to start off the show, because I was at WrestleMania 37 down in Tampa on uh, Sunday night, and I've traveled back on Monday, and it was an awesome time. Sitting ringside, seeing how athletic all these different performers were, uh, my wife has been a longtime WWE fan. She was at WrestleMania three as a, and uh, she was as big of a fan as you can imagine at you know six, seven, eight years old. Then she still had her Ricky the Dragon Steamboat uh, shirt, and so we were sitting ringside for WrestleMania, right where everybody walks down the ramp. For those of you who watch WrestleMania, and by the way, I understand some of you don't, but I think wrestling is wildly entertaining if you got young kids they often love it and it was cool to be in a ruckus atmosphere like that Twenty-five thousand fans the last event they had had inside of the the tampa bay stadium there was the super bowl that tom brady and crew won 
And so that was just an awful, I mean, it's an awesome experience to get to see fans coming back in big numbers, 25,000 there. And I think, honestly, given the fact that the reports are that by April 19th, basically any adult in any state is going to be able to have a COVID vaccine appointment. If you want to get your vaccine and if you want to then be in the crowd or if you're not willing to get a vaccine but you want to be in the crowd and you're willing to take that risk, I think we got to get back to full crowds inside of full stadiums sooner rather than later. I know they're already doing it in Texas, but I'm perfectly fine with being in a crowded stadium myself. I understand if some of you are not, but uh, I don't think that some people's fears should dictate the choices and freedoms of other people at this point in time. I think it's gone on for a long time. And I was talking about this on my Outkick the Show yesterday. Some people say, well, why have you talked about this? Because I think that getting back to normalcy in sports is an important window into getting back to normalcy in American life. And so given the fact that hopefully everybody who is in particular risk here uh, of an elderly nature is rapidly being vaccinated, younger people are not, certainly kids are not in any real way, in danger. And so I think we should be able to have full stadiums sooner rather than later, but credit to the WWE uh, thanks to President Nick Khan, who is uh, my former agent at CAA and who is now uh, running WWE underneath Vince McMahon, and he does a fantastic job there. And uh, and so I think uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see how going forward the WWE events are all set out and the crowds. But it was awesome to see uh, all these wrestlers being able to play it up to the crowd and have uh, everybody back in the stadium to be able to watch that event. So we had an awesome time down there. Bunch of storylines that we've been tracking throughout the course of the show. Encourage you to go download the podcast. Make sure you don't miss a single minute. My buddy Chad Withrow from the Outkick 360 was on with us in the first hour of the program. Second hour, John McClain was with us uh, from the Houston Chronicle. He's been covering the NFL for 45 years. And obviously a big story that is out there is Julian Edelman deciding to retire and I think it was pretty cool the way that he announced his retirement on the screen it says Foxborough forever and in fact Dub let's play maybe a minute or so of that Julian Edelman announcement here in the top of the third hour to let people hear that in the event they didn't see it on Monday evening as he basically announces that his mind is willing but his body is no longer willing and he's not going to be able to continue. So here is that. Nothing in my career has ever come easy. And no surprise, this isn't going to be easy either. Now, I've always said, I'm going to go until the wheels come off. And uh, they finally have fallen off. Due to an injury last year, I'll be making my official announcement of my retirement from football. It was a hard decision, but the right decision for me and my family. And I'm honored and so proud to be retiring a Patriot. There are a million people I have to thank. Mr. Kraft, the Kraft family, learned so much from you guys on and off the field. Coach Belichick, 
giving me my opportunity. I always love you for that. My teammates have gone to war. We've lost some, we've won some. You guys will always be my brothers. To all my coaches that I played under, I appreciate all your insight, all your hard work, all your knowledge. To the entire Patriots organization, from the meal ladies, to the people that clean up after us, to the people in the hallways, the training staff, the strength staff. We share so many awesome memories that I'll never forget. And of course, my family. You guys have always had my back. It's been the best 12 years of my life. It's a hell of a run. And I can't forget you, Patriot Nation. You guys have welcomed me and my family to a region we do not know, we didn't know. But now, I'm one of you. I'm going to leave you guys with two words. Foxborough, forever. So Julian Edelman announcing his retirement. I understand if some of you are skeptical out there and you think, hey, it's April. What if he's able to get himself back healthier by September? Tom Brady calls. Is there any possibility that he could go down to Tampa Bay and rejoin Gronk and the crew? It's an interesting question. If his body were able to, I think he would love to do that. This is a warrior. But I would say this about Gronk. uh, Sorry, I would say this about Edelman. We asked the question, how do you balance a career? Because to me, Julian Edelman is one of the greatest postseason performers in NFL history. He is, in fact, second most all-time in both catches and receiving yard the NFL season behind Jerry Rice. And I asked a straightforward question. A lot of people hopped on it on uh, Monday night. I said, is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? And 69% of you said that he is not a Hall of Famer. And so to me, the Julian Edelman, is he or is he not a Hall of Famer, basically comes down to what sort of relevancy and weight do you put on a postseason dominant career which is what Julian Edelman had, including a Super Bowl 53 MVP versus a regular season career. And how do you assess that in terms of figuring out whether or not a guy is a Hall of Fame level player? And so I think in the postseason, Julian, if you were just ranking players based on their postseason careers, Julian Edelman's a Hall of Famer. If you're just ranking people based on their regular season careers, Julian Edelman is not a Hall of Famer. So when you combine those two, how do you do it? I think he's probably going to come up a little bit short, and I think one reason, ironically, is going to be because of how good Tom Brady is. Because I think a lot of people are going to say Tom Brady made Julian Edelman the quality of player that he was. And that's what makes Brady's excellence so much more glistening to me is that if you go back and look at the New England Patriot dynasty which I think it's fair to say is over now I don't think Cam Newton is going to have some sort of extension of the New England Patriot dynasty without Gronk without uh without Edelman without Randy Moss back in the day this team has had to be remade several different times but I think the dynasty in New England is over and so if you are out there looking 
at Tom Brady's career, I think one of the most remarkable things about his career is there's only two surefire Hall of Famers that he ever threw passes to in New England. Randy Moss and Rob Gronkowski. That's it. Can make an argument for Wes Welker. Can make an argument for uh, Julian Edelman. Nobody else is really in that stratosphere. No running back is ever really been dominant enough that you would even consider them as a potential Hall of Famer. And so you look at what Brady accomplished in New England. You look at the dynasty that he created. There's no incredible offensive talent that surrounds him that was synonymous with his dominance. And that's pretty crazy. It doesn't happen very often in the world of the NFL. So taking Julian Edelman at his word, as you just heard from the Hall of Fame announcement that we played there, uh, his career is over. I think he's the Hall of Very Good, unlikely to reach the Hall of Fame because I think the balancing act, regular season, his numbers were not impressive enough. Postseason, wildly impressive but not quite enough to get him there. Um, Also, other stories that are out there. uh, And we talked about this a little bit at the top of hour two, if you want to hear me putting on my lawyer hat to discuss it. Britt Reed, the son of uh, Andy Reed, former assistant coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, has been charged with felony DUI in regards to the traffic accident that he had that has severely injured a five-year-old girl. That traffic accident happened on February 4th. Britt Reed was reportedly driving in excess of 80 miles an hour, right around 85 miles an hour, and he had a uh, blood alcohol level of 0.113. So he has been called charged with felony DWI. He faces one to seven years in prison for those charges. And I would say from an NFL perspective, this is a tragic story. But the connection to the NFL going forward is I do wonder on some level whether there's going to be an aggressive investigation into where Britt Reed was drinking and if it could have been at the Kansas City Chief facility. Indeed, Dan Wetzel, who writes a great national column for Yahoo uh, Sports, has been asking that exact question. How would you assess the Chiefs' potential culpability in Britt Reed's traffic accident that injured so severely this five-year-old girl and has led to a felony DUI charge. Where was he drinking? Could it have been at the Chiefs facility? That is a story that may continue to grow as it pertains to the NFL involvement. And speaking of stories that continue, Deshaun Watson. Um, just... A mess of a situation for him. You heard us talking about that a little bit with John McClain in the second hour of the program. But the Houston Texans seem to be officially saying goodbye in many ways to Deshaun Watson. They are removing him from all their marketing campaigns. I don't think he'll ever play another snap, my opinion, in Houston. And the question is, how long is he going to be out of football in general given how much of a mess so much of this story that surrounds him is now and so far I have not been impressed with the legal defense that Rusty Harden his attorney has brought to bear in all of these cases so this is a big story that remains to be unpacked I wanted to give you the latest on it glad to be back in the studio after taking Monday off to travel back from Tampa incredible time down at Wrestlemania encourage you guys we go to break Petros Papadakis is going to join us he is as always fantastic should be a lot of fun with him 
This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum! And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. 
Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich tires, shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Breaking down a lot of different stories out there. One that we haven't talked about on the air, but we wrote about it outkick as you hear Petros Papadakis walk up music, AM570 LA Sports at the old P on Twitter, Petros and Money Show. Many of you will hear him in the afternoon. Petros, you updated me on this story or made me aware of it. I don't know that I would have hardly even recognized it or seen it without you, um, that there was a homeless person inside of the USC football facilities and that that homeless person had uh, miraculously eaten meals, uh, hung out in the jacuzzi, and ultimately was only caught when he was returning punts. For people who may not have heard this story, because it sounds like it's not a, I mean, it sounds like such a crazy story that it couldn't possibly be real. You've gotten some details on it. What in the world happened at SC that this could even occur? Well, first of all, the story is 100% real. Uh, I didn't have to vet the story because it was already vetted through a very reputable reporter who's been covering USC forever and was a student there and the editor of the Daily Trojan decades ago. And that guy's name is Scott Wolf. And he's the guy that broke the story. And you guys properly accredited him in your article. And so it was his story. Now, Scott Wolf might not be the most popular guy among some other people that cover USC football, because Scott Wolf is kind of the opposite of a sycophant. Right, But that didn't make the story any less true. And it's a remarkable story. And, you know, there's a lot of different angles to it. I mean, there's a funny angle. There is a very serious angle. And then there's a more telling angle about USC and what the place is. But the really frightening thing about it, much more than a homeless guy who kind of looks like a college football player, in a jacuzzi with other college football players who are five-star elite athletes or sitting with them and eating their food, ultimately getting a helmet and a jersey and cleats and getting out there and a number, he was number 87, out there uh, returning punts until it finally got people enough uh, uh, rankled enough, I guess, because from what I understand, I mean, there's a lot to this, Clay. But from what I understand is that he was recognized by people as not belonging there. But kind of like the end of the movie Unforgiven, where when it comes down to it, nobody knows how to shoot Clint Eastwood. Spoiler alert! Yeah, yeah. sorry. <laughs> uh, nobody, uh, nobody could pull the trigger, basically, and say, like, hey, please get out of here. Like, nobody could corral him, because USC no longer has a director of security. That position was eliminated three years ago by Lynn Swan. And that guy, you know, you see that guy, he's a police detective at the Torrance Police. He he would have known exactly how to handle it, or he would have had somebody handle it. Why did they they pull him down? 
Uh, why did they eliminate their security? Yeah, why did, they, why did they eliminate? Was it money? Well, Just like the cost? Uh, Lynn Swan said they weren't going to have any scandals anymore, so they didn't need him. I, I wish they, I was yeah. kidding. Yeah, I mean, that's a crazy perspective, right? Uh, I, so really, no one knew what to do, like because they caught him sleeping in the suites at the Coliseum, which cost millions of dollars, I think $10 million, to have your uh, whole family in there every week for a USC home game. And it's a, it's a mind-boggling situation. But the thing that disturbed me more than any of that is the fact that the cowardly Los Angeles media, I'm talking about the L.A. Times, the L.A. Daily News, these people who work at these great beacons of these places where we've gone for our news and production and all that stuff for years, and they still have many great writers, but they have not covered the story. And... I knew the story was true. Uh, it, it was vetted by Scott Wolf. I went back and vetted it with security people that I know through USC. The story is 100% true. The guy is still at large. The search continues. They think he's still on campus. And they put some guy at the medical school, which is in East L.A., the Keck Medical School, if you want to look that up for USC. They have their share of scandals. Some guy over there is in charge of the investigation. <laughs> it doesn't but seem no like one, it makes a lot of sense. No one's reporting it except for me and Scott Wolf here in town. And then, of course, the national people, very much uh, fueled by outkick the coverage. So it, it's a wild story, but it really is kind of a litmus test for the L.A. media. Like, you know, if somebody's going to cover USC football or really anything, honestly, to see whether or not they've covered this or mentioned it. Even the blind long snapper. Do you know the blind long yeah, snapper? Yeah, I, yeah, I saw him make a joke and like tweet about it. Even Jake has acknowledged this, and he's blind. So it's it's an amazing story. And the more amazing part about the story to me is that USC is trying to act like it didn't happen and and clearly encouraging their allies or threatening them with uh, pulling their credential or something uh, for – for reporting it because no one like none of those beat writers none of those people that have to deal with usc every day are reporting on it and my thing is like what the hell are you scared of you guys treat the lakers worse than that like who cares like what why <laughs> tell the story you know I, the, the more they don't tell the story the more i want to tell it every day you know what i'm saying and use all these platforms you know what's wild i didn't i i hardly got any attention and i don't know how this happened but didn't usc just settle a case for like a billion dollars oh yeah uh the uh the, the sexual assault the gyne- issues the gynecologist like, on yeah. campus that's a sore spot you know my my a whole bill- family it was like a school. billion dollars right i mean i saw the headline for like a fraction of a second and then it vanished and i was like this can't be real a billion yeah, i mean that's, that's my era and my wife went to school there and my sister and it's not cool uh that's a really bad deal and then they also have a terrible scandal with the medical, the dean of the medical school, you know, the one with the hookers and the, the overdose in Pasadena. Remember that guy? Dr. Yeah, Poole, I do remember know? that story. Yeah. And then the guy that took over for him uh, also had some sexual harassment issues. And then they just crucified a business dean who didn't deserve it at all and was well-respected and burned a bunch of bridges there. I mean, they just can't. They have a really hard time. At least they have. Hey. At least they haven't been selling admissions through fake uh, athletic scholarships. No, that's the thing. Like, there's been three major uh, 
FBI stories with colleges in the last few years, right? Help me out here. You have uh, Varsity Blues. Yep. You have the basketball thing. Yep. Is there another one? Maybe just two. I mean, that's a lot for... USC is involved in all of them. Yeah. That's a lot for an athletic department to be involved in multiple FBI investigations. Well, yeah, and they had the highest-ranking person in Donna Heinel, appointed by Pat Hayden, basically in charge of all the women's sports at USC. They had the highest-ranking person busted in the Varsity Blues scandal. So, I mean, it's unfortunate. Uh, It's still a great place. I think the student body at USC is great. I think the students at USC uh, have uh, a a lot to... uh, a lot to be proud of. It's a really hard school to get into, much harder than when I was younger. I think the faculty is excellent and always has been. And really, that's the best part of any college. That's the best you could ask for. But administratively, USC's had big problems. And it starts with a guy who was the president named Max Nikias, a fellow Greek-American, sadly. And, uh, that's a whole story for another day. But, I mean, it all just kind of, you know, if this was a story that happened at, like, let's say a really stable, considered to be stable unit, let's say it happened at Georgia, okay? I mean, this is not the first homeless guy to wander into a locker room. I mean, I know it happened at Colorado, and the team beat the crap out of the guy. Uh, and there's stories, you know, all over colleges. You know, there are places where there's people just like anywhere else. But... uh this, uh, if this happened like to Kirby Smart's team, like it would be funny. People would report on it, and the world would keep going. But because it's USC, there's such a like lineage of embarrassment after embarrassment after embarrassment. You know, dating back to the Reggie Bush thing, uh, all the way to Lane Kiffin fired on a tarmac, Steve Sarkeesian life exploding on the job. You know, the whole Ed Ogeron thing and how that didn't work out. Clay Helton's whole thing. I mean, it has been arduous. And from the end of the Pete Carroll era on, Pat Hayden and Lynn Swan, and now it just makes it look like more of a circus. You know, so it's not, it doesn't become a human interest story. It becomes a very embarrassing story, and it becomes a story that they're trying to sweep under the rug, which is making it a bigger story. Woo, you're fired up this morning. I appreciate you coming on. It's Petros Papadakis, AM570 LA Sports. Uh... What do you think about did you, when's the last time you watched wrestling? I was at WrestleMania oh. on Sunday night. Did you were you like a Hulk Hogan macho man? Yeah. Guy? I I sent uh it's funny my cousin Mark Pappas uh who's a clerk down in the docks and was a really good football player. I we I watched the Hulk Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior, you know, that one. Uh whatever it was called and whatever WrestleMania that was like, we were into it. And I remember watching that at his parents' house and the anniversary was just the other day. So I tweeted, uh, I sent him a tweet of, of the acknowledgement to the anniversary and we had a good laugh. I would say that was about the last big wrestling match I was ever interested in. Uh, I've been around wrestlers through work and stuff like that, and I know it's a really lucrative thing for Fox. The interesting thing about wrestling, you know, if you have that contract, as opposed to, like, the NFL or the NBA, like, you don't hire the announcers and, like, say, okay, we're going to have Rob Stone and Bob Stoops and uh, Brady Quinn sitting at the desk. No. Yeah, that's a good point. They just hand you a tape and you put it in, and you push play. Like, they take care of it. But 
like one of the big wrestling production guys was one of the guys that produced a lot of my games this year at Fox because he was in studio and very capable and a lot of fun to work with, a guy named Brad Weimer. And he's really into it and knows all about it and like the modern stuff. But, you know, to me, it's like after the junkyard dog, you know, where are you going to go from there? After Coco Beware and the big boss man, you know, come on. Uh, I I was a huge wrestling fan as a kid growing up, and it's one of those things that I've gotten back into because of my kids, because they were interested in it. So I was like, oh, this is something I'll watch. And baseball, honestly, is one of those things, too, because your kids, you get to see being a fan through their eyes again, which is just so much fun. And the same thing was true for me for wrestling. Like baseball, in our house every night now, we've got an Atlanta Braves game on. And so baseball is, and I know you obviously, the Dodgers are on AM 570. Baseball is one of those things where there's a rhythm to it. You know, the game's constantly always going on. You can get used to it. You don't have to really check and be like, hey, are they playing tonight? Like the answer is pretty much every night. Uh, and uh, and that's kind of fun in the same way wrestling is. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's, the guys are great athletes and, I don't know if they're actually competing against each other, but they've certainly competed. You probably would have been a good wrestler. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a dance, you know, and and obviously a performer. But you've got a good voice and you're a performer and you you could have played up the Greek angle. Look, there's nothing like you could go down a hole for hours just watching the Macho Man and Mean Gene interviews. On oh, YouTube it's amazing. Yes. And just seeing how coked up Randy Savage is just going crazy on camera. Yes. And it's awesome. Uh, you know, and we put Ted DiBiase on the show all the time uh, on our show because he's a local missionary working with homeless. And we have a huge is that true? problem. I didn't know. Yeah. That. I didn't know that. I mean, I knew uh, that there was a homeless problem in L.A. I had no idea. That the, mil- the million dollar man now is in uh, uh, like works with homeless people. Yeah, he's like a preacher, oh, and he worked with the Dream Center, you know, in conjunction with Justin Turner and the people there in Hollywood. And God yep. knows we need help. And uh, but you know, so we you know we're not we don't act like we're above wrestling. But uh, we, I just always go back to the golden age of wrestling, yes. which they call it, which is Million Dollar Man, Andre the Giant, uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I saw your wife's T-shirt. Yeah, the Superfly Snooker. I played football with some of his relatives, you know, that kind of stuff. It's a lot of fun. I'm not a snob about it, but I don't know how The Miz is going to be any cooler. And, you know, no one can be cooler than Shawn Michaels and Marty Giannetti as the Rockers. Woo! You know, yeah, I, mean, I remember the Rockers. Or the and Bushwhackers. Axe and, and Smash from the, from the Demolition Men. Remember those guys? I do. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the Legion of Doom. And then you had the Heart uh, Heart Foundation with Jim the Anvil Neidhart and uh, Brett the Hitman Heart. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Raper. You know, British, I like the... British Bulldogs. You remember the British Bulldogs and Matilda? Yeah. But you also got to uh, you got to you got to respect the mid card jobbers too. You know, like the guys who just got pummeled on a Saturday morning. Like you yes, and Raper. <laughs> yeah, the guys like yeah. You know, in a singlet, just gets demolished by somebody. You know, like the Brooklyn Brawler just comes out and kicks his nuts off. Uh, yeah, those were the days. But I'm, I'm glad you had a good time with the kids. Who do the kids like? The Undertaker. Uh, yeah, the kids didn't actually go. It was Laura and I. <laughs> I thought you were seeing 
looking into your kids' eyes and all. What the what was all that BS? Well, we were, but not WrestleMania itself. <laughs> Not WrestleMania itself. Not this oh, yeah. particular incident. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I was there as a. Uh, I was there as an adult. My wife is uh, in love, by the way, with Roman Reigns. So uh, it's good. Good for me. Um, That's kind of so, creepy. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, Roman Reigns played uh, uh, football at Georgia Tech. You know, my wife has a big crush on uh, Kamala, the Ugandan giant. <laughs> I I just will say this like when we when they was when he was walking down the uh the the aisle to get in she was like she you know was like hey get out of the way I want to make sure I get a good picture of him so uh yeah that's uh that's impressive Yeah I mean I I'm I'm glad that you you're so comfortable in your masculinity that it's no big deal you yes. know if she yes. wants to go over there and 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 you know some child wrestler guy's probably like 25 <laughs> years old you know. I think he. I think he's thirty-five. Um, but uh, but he's oh, you five. looked him up. Well, I was curious because I was. We had him on the radio show a couple of weeks ago, or like a couple of. I mean, it's probably been whenever the last big event. It may have been six months ago. I don't remember exactly. But I did research on. Uh, oh, you made it before we had him on the show. No, I, I didn't know that she she thought he was awesome until. Uh, but no, I I looked him up because I was like. I had heard a rumor prior to that. I mean, if I looked it up, I mean, I just looked at his Wikipedia page that he had played college football. And so I think it was during college football season. And I was like, hey, you know, as a Georgia Tech guy, how much do you hate Georgia? And that got him fired up right off the top. He's like, oh, I've, I hate Georgia, <laughs> you know, um, which is, you know, as uh, as you can well imagine, if you had to uh, to be in that spot of Georgia Tech where you're constantly overshadowed by the Georgia Bulldogs in that uh, in that market even in Atlanta your home uh, city it's pretty interesting um yeah you know uh at least they don't have a homeless punt returner that's true that is a uh, that is a very big positive you want to come back and finish off the show with us yeah i mean dreaming uh, of it i mean you're already up i just wanted to say you know my radio partner Matt Smith said it best you know this homeless guy it's pretty tough. He sleeps outside and he eats trash. So <laughs> uh, we'll bring back Petros Papadakis. Close out the Tuesday edition of the show. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.